1: Hello and welcome to Pitchside with Toby Reynolds, a Sports Gazette podcast, where each episode we take a deep dive into a new sporting topic with a new guest. I am your host Toby and this week I'll be joined by Eduardo Tansley to discuss British basketball and the development of the British Basketball League over the past few years. Eduardo is the American Sports Co-Editor at the Sports Gazette and has articles in the Mail Online and Give Me Sports. Throughout this episode, we look at how basketball has grown as a sport within Britain, the investment from 7-7 partners into the BBL, and how British basketball might continue to develop into the future. I'm uh, now joined by Eduardo. Eduardo, I just want to know,
0: what was the thing that got you first into basketball? Pleasure to join you, Toby. Yeah, first got into basketball, I think just them names, you hear them about LeBron James, Steph Curry. At the end of the day, you know, these are box office big brands and eventually you hear about them and I've got a Dominican background and obviously Dominican and American sports have close ties, particularly in baseball. But yeah, something about the sport of basketball, it being accessible, it being easy to watch with these big names. Yeah, it hooked me in for sure.
1: Most people I, I seem to know who like basketball got in through the NBA rather than British basketball. Why do you think this is? Is it because it's just so much bigger than over here?
0: Yeah, that will probably be the same same for me as well. And I think it is because obviously it is the elite league of basketball, the NBA. You know, it's where all basketball players aspire to be, and and it's where the highest level is being played at. So I think that's an element of it, and also just the um, brand associated with it, whether it be the, the players or the actual the branding of the British Basketball League does need improvement so that more people in Britain can be aware of it and more people in Britain, you know, start attending these games and start becoming fans of, of the local teams.
1: With football being sort of the most popular sport in England, cricket and rugby, tennis probably the tier below, basketball sort of seems to be languishing sort of towards the bottom. What do you think the biggest challenge
0: for basketball is in the UK trying to grow it? Well, I think when you say towards the bottom, I think maybe in terms of, you know, viewership at the moment, but in terms of actual participate participation in basketball, I think there's definitely um, a wide participation due to it being such an accessible sport. And and also you look at figures such as, you know, the, the NBA League pass, which is, you know, their pass for, viewership outside of the States, you know, Great Britain are the number one purchase of that league pass. They're the number two purchaser of Nike basketball merchandise. So in terms of the market for basketball, I definitely think it is, you know, in terms of the people that are playing it and and the viewership potential, it could be matching a, a cricket, it could be matching a rugby for sure. Um. So in terms of the challenges, I think the challenges are finding those investors who are willing to look at, you know, a more minority sport and, you know, really take it on board. And obviously with 777, that is, you know, one of them investors that have got on board.
1: As you mentioned there, 777 bought 45% of the BBL, the British Basketball League, uh, in 2022 and also own the London Lions teams. So they have a majority sort of sharehold within the sort of franchise system. Do you think that this has, that's this been sort of a big move and, and a good move for British basketball?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you look now at British basketball, there's deals going on all over the place to now, you know, branch out the viewership. There's recently a deal with Bally Sports where the BBL will be getting broadcasted in America. Um, if you look at 7-7 and their impact at London Lions in particular, the London Lions have just secured their place in, in the Euro Cup playoffs. You know, they're signing really high-caliber players. You look at Sam Decker, a former first-round NBA draft pick. You look recently, only uh, this week, they've signed David Nawaba out of the NBA G League with previous NBA experience. So in terms of the cachet they're bringing to London Lions, they've absolutely accelerated that franchise. And in terms of the league more widely, I think there's definitely a more rigid structure in place to you know, help that grow ship and and as a casual fan or someone who's just starting to get more into the league, I've I've just been seeing that through following, you know, various profiles and and you get to see them new deals they're making, them their new moves. And I think, yeah, definitely there are some some really promising things coming out of the league at the moment due to that.
1: As, as I mentioned, they also, uh, as you mentioned as well, they also own the London Lions 777 as well as having a, a large share within the league. Do you think this is a conflict of interest? Do you think that they're going to try and change the league to to give them a boost there? Obviously, London Lions are top of the table at the moment by by quite a long way. Is this partly because they're owned, them and, and the league are owned by the same company or is it just sort of
0: a bit of luck that? I mean, at the end of the day, on, on the court, you know, things are you know, it's it's five V five players. That's that's as fair as it gets. So but in terms of behind the scenes and the money that goes into these five players plus the wider roster, you know, seven 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 obviously have a bigger cachet to play with than some of these other teams. And I think the, you know, advantage has been clear in terms of the domination that London Lions are achieving. But at the same time, it's good for the, the league as a whole to see London Lions go into the Euro Cup and make it into the playoffs against some of these established European basketball nations that have historically provided good basketball sides. So, sure, you know, London Lions have had the short-term advantage of seeing these high-profile players from America and elsewhere come in. But in the long term, this will help the growth of the BBL to become a more reputable place for basketball players to come and, you know, give it more profile within Europe due to, you know, the London Lions and also other British basketball teams um within Europe, given their success newfound success in in those regions. Do you not think that that maybe if London Lions do dominate
1: the the league very comfortably that because it won't be as a competitive league players might be less inclined to come to england because they might think they have less of a chance of of sort of either challenging the title or if they move to the london lions it'll
0: almost be too easy yeah of course long term it it isn't a you know ideal situation for one team to just completely dominate Um, any league, you know, uh, obviously that's not necessarily good for viewership, but that's not good for engagement when when things come that predictable. But as I said, I think it's a a hope that, you know, other teams can find this investment. Other teams can benefit from the growth that may come their way through the increased profile. And I think that is ultimately the, the end goal, what what these people are aiming for, and you know, you've just got to look at Sheffield Sharks themselves have just acquired a a stadium or or a rather a, a court to to play their games, and moves such like that will will massively elevate a franchise because all of a sudden you've got your own income coming in from events, from games, from food, hospitality, whatever, and and so around the league there there is promise such as that. But don't get me wrong, there's also, you look at um, Plymouth have recently had um, their chairman step down due to them not being able to acquire a facility to play in. So yeah, there is still inequality there, like you say, um, and and London Lions are dominating currently, but there is also other franchises making moves such as the Sheffield Sharks. So so do you think that, that actually because London
1: Lions are proving they can compete in Europe, as you mentioned, getting through through the Euro Cup quite nicely
0: that it might encourage more teams to try and invest more and keep keep progressing? Yeah, I think it's exactly that. And I think obviously at the moment there's there's ten franchises in the BBL. Probably the long term goal would be to even want more more than those ten because at the end of the day, you know <clears throat> if there's to be a premium bubble league, then it, it, it needs to be competitive these teams need to be able to um, pull players from, you know, foreign regions, but also grow their own players, which is important as well. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's, although it may not be happening at the minute, I think it's definitely needs to be the case that all, all the clubs are, you know, it's not always going to be equal. It never is in sports, you know. There's always teams that are better than other teams. But hopefully, all can develop at a good rate for themselves. So what do you think the
1: the biggest like, sort of technical factor that London Lions are dominating are? How, how have they managed to construct such a dominant squad? What do they have that other teams might not have other than,
0: than maybe money? Well, yeah, fr- from my short time of, of going to the Lions games and, and watching what they're about, I mean, their second five off the bench is potentially you know bbl challenging that their depth in numbers is is great i mean one of my favorite players shawarma uh the big man for the lions comes off the bench for them uh a lot of the time and they're able to use that rotation nicely between euro cup and bbl games because obviously um they they have a very busy schedule being involved in these uh various competitions so that that strength for numbers is important for them but yeah in t- in terms of their their talent is obviously top tier due to the cachet they have but also their strength for numbers for me is is very strong are other teams close with their sort of
1: strength and depth or will sort of the london lions continue to to sort of amass uh,
0: a sort of larger squad well you know of course there's a limit to you know how how large a squad can get but at the end of the day um your wage budget is only what you can manage. And, you know, you look at the other teams that are close to challenging in the British Basketball League, you know, Sheffield Sharks are consistently playing good basketball. You look at Newcastle Eagles, who are historically the best side in the British Basketball League. Of course, they're going to try and add uh, strength in numbers as they will make moves during... um, an opening now where players can come in and come out, but it's about attracting them players from overseas that the Lions have really been able to do to give them that advantage. So yeah, I mean it all depends on the kind of pull that them them other teams can can amount really. You mentioned there the, the sort of
1: the wage bill of, of different teams and how how they're all able to to spend it effectively. For for a long time the league had a salary cap. Of about two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and obviously its main aim of a salary cap is to encourage competitive balance, so that different teams have opportunities of winning, um, of winning the title.
0: Was was that very effective while it was going on? Well, from my understanding, the removal of the salary cap was, of course, um, it was originally at two hundred fifty thousand pounds for an entire BBL roster. Whereas now you might be looking at some of the London Lions players individually, you know, um, I'm we're not too sure on, on the numbers, but in the theory, you know, if they wanted to go and recruit a player from overseas for that money individually, then they could. And that was put in place so that London Lions and the other British Basketball League teams that are ap- competing in Europe can in talent that is worthy of of getting good results and, and progressing them through these tournaments, which, by the way, you know, British basketball teams don't have a great history within Europe. You know, that there's other European nations that have been dominating these competitions. So to remove that salary cap, uh, um, as well as increasing competition in the league, it was also about being able to compete in Europe for these British sides.
1: Hmm. And... And you think it has worked and will continue to work that teams will now be able to compete more in Europe?
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, you look at the Caledonia um, are out there competing in Europe and the Lions themselves, like we said, just this week have got through to the Euro Cup playoffs. So, you know, at the moment, um, it's definitely helping these teams recruit top players and, and making moves. All in all, do you think
1: then that the sort of the stopping of the salary cap as of of last season
0: is is beneficial for the boss the the BBL yeah it all comes back to higher profile players your Euro, european exposure leading to british basketball exposure you know that's the equation i think that is what the idea behind it is and for me yeah i mean when you look at this season alone um absolutely um things have taking a step up back towards, you know, <clears throat> talents like, you know, Nick Nurse, uh, current Philadelphia 76ers head coach, being here in the British Basketball League. When you think about them, you know, um, NBA calibre and NBA-associated players and coaches being in the British Basketball League, you know, that is starting to happen again now when you think of the names of Sam Decker and recently David Nwaba.
1: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta
0: by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead, and after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La
1: Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So in in the long term, do you think that the BBL has an opportunity to compete with the NBA, or is it, almost more of a factor of just closing the gap to the rest of europe and sort of and looking in that sort of system i think
0: realistically it should be more about you know a lot of minorities in in britain may not feel that sport in the uk actually represents them because you know maybe they're turning on tv they're seeing a lot of cricket coverage a lot of uh, rugby coverage and maybe these are sports that you know they've never been able to play or not interested in playing. So if they were able to turn on the the TV and see British basketball as an option, or to to even be competing with cricket, rugby, not necessarily football because we all know that's the top dog, um, that would be a huge step for you know minorities in this in this country to be able to see the representation of basketball as just a high tier option, and obviously currently. You know, British basketball league games are streamed for free on YouTube. There are some on uh, Sky Sports as well, so there definitely is access to them. But you know, for it to be a more high-profile league would would really, you know, involve more of the British community within within sports in my opinion.
1: What is the the coverage like? Because I always find that obviously going to games is is an unbelievable experience of, of any sport, but actually. The, the accessibility on TV and the sort of the level of commentary is almost quite key, because if you start watching a sport and have no clue what's going on, then I find it quite hard if the commentary is either really boring or almost too technical or not technical enough. And they're almost sort of playing down to you that it can be quite a hard
0: balance for commentary to get. What What is the, the BBL commentary and coverage like? Well, one thing I can say is that obviously there's only 10 rosters in the BBL. So that means in terms of learning, picking it up, you know, there's not, you're not inundated with players and clubs. There's only, you know, 10 to follow. So straight away, you're off to a good start. And then secondly, if you're trying to get into the BBL or, you know, follow teams, like I said, there is free BBL games streaming on, on the Sky Sports YouTube. And that really is just to, I imagine, just increase the exposure of the BBL and, and, Get people watching it, and of course they'll be aware that, you know, some people that tune into those games are are just starting out getting into to the BBL, and therefore you know they they try they're trying to build brands around these clubs around these players, and I think you know again if we look at the London lines that at the minute they've got a bigger brand on Instagram than the actual league itself, so in, in terms of having. Uh, i think it's 50,000 followers to to the league's 40,000 so yeah i think of course they've probably got marketing strategies and 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 they're trying to that the, i think the best way to get a fan into a sport is is perhaps get them rooting for someone or or even rooting against someone so i think those are important elements that are all considered in the the bbl marketing strategy and yeah in, in terms of the commentary itself I think that, you know, you can you can happily watch a game and, and definitely understand what's going on. How big a factor
1: of the London Lions' huge following do you think is the fact that they're a London based side? Do you think that because I think I think from looking at it, they are the only London based side, you've got maybe a team out in Guildford, but otherwise they sort of almost command the whole market?
0: Yeah, I mean, of course London has that bigger population, so therefore might amass more fans, but to be honest, that's that's one thing about uh this basketball league that I do admire, that you have got the likes of Plymouth, you know, you've got the likes of Cheshire. I mean, these are more smaller communities that are still represented by a basketball side. And I, I think that's that's really good to see that obviously as well as your Sheffield Shorts, your London Lions, they're all smaller communities that are being um represented in the British Basketball League. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that their following recently has come down to that success, and come down to them being in the capital. But also, you know, perhaps we have to give a bit of credit to seven seven seven, and also, you know, the sort of London Lines team for the brand awareness they've been able to to spread. Really, no, definitely,
1: they do seem to be doing something right. I, I saw that there's been a over 200% increase in viewership over the last sort of couple seasons. So I think them combined with maybe yeah, sky and, and the the coverage does seem to be going well on, on this season in particular, London Lions are, are top of the table right now, absolutely dominating. Do you think that, that that will
0: continue and, and what's been going on sort of within the, the league itself? Yeah. So this weekend, actually we're, we're currently in the midst of the, of the BBL cup. Um, so that will be an exciting time for other teams to potentially challenge the Lions and say, you know, we're still here, uh. Because obviously at the moment they're they're very much ahead in the league, but in the cup it's all to play for with only one or two two games played per side. Um, so that will be an interesting weekend. And and on the March seventeenth, um, will be the first BBL All Star game since twenty eleven, I believe. So. You know, if any BBL fans or hopeful BBL fans uh, want to get involved with that, then voting is open to go and, and vote for the BBL All Stars. That will be taking place on March 17th, as I said, at uh, the Copper Box Arena. So, yeah, there's a lot of excited things going on in the BBL right now in terms of that. Do you think the All Star game is quite a good idea? You said it was the first for, for almost a decade, was it? I believe the first since 2011. And, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's always a good extravaganza to. Um, see the best players in the league recognised. And again, this can help build their profile, show the best of what the British Basketball League has to offer in a fun format. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a fun idea for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I really like the idea of, of an All-Star Cup, I think. Or an All-Star Game, sorry. It, it's, it's a very accessible way to watch any sort of sport. I'd love to see it in in rugby and in cricket and in, in football just because it allows, it allows you to go and watch the best players compete alongside the other best players and against the other best players. Do you think that this could almost be a a good sort of little boost for for the BBL? It's quite an American idea, but could work quite well.
0: Yeah, well, obviously we had Todd Bowley um, bringing up the idea in football and he got a bit slated for that. And don't get me wrong, there are weaknesses to to all-star games because in the NBA, for example, you know, a lot of them, don't necessarily take the game seriously in fear of injury or anything of that nature. So, you know, it it definitely has been criticised over the years for just not having a competitive nature or or not being a good viewing. But I think it's definitely a privilege for the players to be selected as an all-star. And obviously, in the NBA, that has financial implications. I'm not too sure whether that's the same in the BBL. But nevertheless, it definitely will, of course, be a privilege for them to be recognised for you know, what they've been able to do within the league. so And and obviously, fans are a part of that in, in terms of their actually voting for these players and, and showing their respect and love. Do you think that
1: there are any other ideas that, that maybe the BBL can copy from the NBA that, that might help boost,
0: boost it as a league? Well, I think it's hard really because obviously it, it is a different audience in terms of, as we said, Americans, they grow up playing basketball. They grow up you know into the sport whereas for the bbo they're actually trying to take attention away from you know uh, cricket rugby and football towards basketball so you know although to some extent they they can definitely be inspired by the nba i mean adam silver has received high praise for the work he's done as as the nba commissioner but also they need to carve their own path to actually entice a british audience which may want different things obviously definitely
1: well that, thanks so much eduardo it's been great having you and, and hearing some insight about the bbl thank you very much toby thank you all so much for listening and make sure you head over and follow us on social media it's at Pitchside_Podcast underscore podcast on instagram toby reynolds 10 on tiktok and toby underscore reynolds 10 on twitter head over to the sports gazette website to read articles from all of our pundits and writers here at the sports gazette Make sure you like the podcast and give it a rating. It really helps. And make sure to join us next time on Pitchside. Sports Social Podcast Network.